Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars about game design and publishing. These panels have been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers at Metatopia 2023. Episode 364, Why You Should Join the Indie Game Developer Network. Presented by Megan Jaffe, Sean Jaffe, and Tristan Zimmerman. Yeah. Would it be okay if I like left that? Because there's two panels I want to see at the same time. So I might yeah. try. We also oh. literally can't stop here. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll try to tell you the importance of the That's question. But if you have any questions, ask the world. Um, hi. We're here to talk about the uh, why you should join the Indie Game Developers Network. Um, and uh, we are, I am, Megan Jaffe. I'm the CEO of Nerdy City uh, Incorporated Productions, whatever the hell we add on to it. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, we are producers of Remarks and Androids, and we'll keep on playtesting other games here. But um, we've been members of the IDN for five years. I started to say five years for anything that's pre-pandemic because it's usually closer to accurate than not. I think closer to six, but around at least five years, uh, and it's great. Uh, hi, I'm Tristan Zimmerman. Um, I am also an IGDN member. I've been a member of the organization for I want to say eight years. Um, I am probably best known for uh, Shanty Hunters and Molten Sulfur Blog. Oh, you're Shanty. I'm the Shanty Hunters guy. I sold your game. Oh, oh good. Thank you. I'm very excited. Uh, and selling other people's games at the booth is definitely a thing that we will be talking about yes. here. It's a big, big advantage. So, John. Uh, I am uh, Sean Jaffe. I am also Nerdy City. Uh, that is my wife. So, we can share the last name. Um, and yeah, I am also with Nerdy City. Uh, uh, our big titles are uh, Renumerex, Commandroids, and the upcoming uh, Polymatics. Um, you may also see RPG Nasty. Yeah, RPG Nasty. Also, we do Chronos uh, and all the Chronos stuff. Which is kind of well, weird we'll, we'll get back to that. Anyway, um, yeah. Come in. Please come sit. IGDN panel. We're going to talk about why you should join the Indie Game Developer Network. Um, and uh, so, kind of jumping off of the, the dimension that we had here, one of. So, first, we should probably define what the IGDN oh. is. So, uh, the Indie Game Developer Network, uh, I've heard it described a number of different ways. Uh, my preferred way is it is a purely volunteer run. Uh, trade organization for uh, analog games, um, primarily role-playing games, though not exclusively, um, primarily uh, publishers, uh, though also uh, freelancers, writers, um, uh, folks who, who do illustrations sometimes, and um, we provide a number of uh, we volunteers provide a number of benefits for members. Uh, that um, are just really, really hard to do on your own. Uh, that can be um, running booths at conventions, um, getting uh, ISBN numbers for your for your publications, uh, running scholarships for folks who are getting into the industry, uh, sharing information, um, uh, networking, um, and just a, a lot of stuff that. Um, that, that goes a lot easier when you've got a bunch of people pulling together. Um, and I I can say uh, with, with great confidence that I would not be um, where I am in, along my game design trajectory uh, without being a member of the IGN. And I uh, would strongly encourage anyone 
um, who is looking to be an indie game developer uh, to, uh, to to join. So that's that's the quick spiel. Yeah. Um, if if for nothing else, like the the, the resources of having a dedicated because you know people crowdsource information on the internet all the time, but having a, a group of dedicated professionals that you can crowdsource specific answers about is so helpful about crowdfunding, about taxes, um, uh, finding editors, artists for stuff, layout people, all that kind of thing. Super helpful. Uh, In terms of, of sheer dollars and cents, uh, most conventions now are prohibitively expensive for a tiny you know. Uh, I don't know, what's the Gen Con flavor? Starts at three grand? It's somewhere in the neighborhood of that. Yeah. So if you don't have three grand to draw on your own booth at Gen Con, um, you know, you're, you're going to have a hard time selling stuff at Gen Con. And then factor in your your hotel costs, yeah. your travel costs, yeah. your shipping costs. Like, mm-hmm. if you've just got like two books that like they may be amazing books, but even if you sell two books to every single person who walks up to your booth, which spoiler alert, you will not. Um, like, yeah, it, you're just not going to make your money back, especially when you factor in like lost wages from the fact that you had to step away from your job to do this. Like, yep. running booths. God, having to eat it, it anyway. Um, like, as, as a, 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 a single developer, like, getting a booth at, at most conventions is simply prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Um, and the IGN runs booths at conventions, and we bring uh, all the, the books and products that we can, and we stuff them into a tiny booth. Some of you may have seen our booths at, at conventions, uh, especially Gen Con, it's kind of our, our highest buy one. And um, and yeah, and we sell volunteers work the booth and work to sell each other's games, and it opens up opportunities that would not otherwise be available. I can, I can absolutely say that uh, Nerdy City would not exist. Like at, at some conventions, they will even uh, members of the IBM will will even run you that run your game for you if you cannot attend, and having your game run definitely increases the likelihood that your game is going to be bumped. Like, having your game up on its feet in front of people makes it much, much more likely that it is going to be purchased. And uh, if you're not able to, again, financially or for whatever reason at any convention, having someone there who can put in front of eyes and who can represent it for you is huge. It's so big. Um, Uh, I would... Add on to that, uh, we've started to branch into uh, making uh, inroads into distribution, uh, oh. which has another, you know, it's like another huge effect. But, like, again, these are all things that, like, you know, I'm assuming that if you're here, it's because you've got a tiny little game that you're working on and you'd like to get it out of the world. Um, <clears throat> and Whether it's your first game or your fifth. Yeah. And having this organization, uh, the beauty of it is that it doesn't necessarily, like, they're, they're not going to demand that you change anything that you're doing, uh, which I find also to be enormously nice. Uh, but that, like, you know, it's just this sort of, you know, uh, the, the rising tide raises all the boats kind of thing. You're like, yeah. you know, we can all help each other. Um, you maintain autonomy yeah. over over your processes, um, and uh, and that's that's really great. Honestly, you can also be in other groups or networks. Like a lot of people are also in have yeah, stuff in Indie Press Revolution and, and stuff like that. So we saw flyers for it. But yeah, it's not it's not exclusive. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's yeah, there's just so there's many more reasons I feel like to join. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't want to speak for everybody, but um, I really have like a whole niche plan. Um, so I mean, yeah, I I I'm I'm open to like answering questions and 
unless you've got more you want to say. Uh, so uh, I'd just like to, I guess, talk about some of the other uh, benefits. We, okay. um, we touched briefly on information sharing. Mm. Um, so uh, we maintain uh, a Discord. Everybody in the universe, everything is on Discord. We, we also maintain a listserv, but everything's on Discord now. Uh, am I bitter about it? Yes. Um, but the Discord has now been operating um, uh, vibrantly for, for long enough uh, that the ability to, to go back and search through, because odds are someone has already asked your question, right? Um, the, uh, the big one that always jumps out at me every time it becomes relevant is uh, printers, right? Um, where um, a, uh, who, 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 like, like, who do I get my book printed through? Uh, and B, that information changes, right? Uh, somebody who was a good printer a few years ago uh, is not necessarily uh, still a good printer. Or even if they haven't changed, maybe there's somebody new on the market who's, who's doing something better. And the ability to share that information um, is uh, is super useful. Um, uh, dude, you're, uh, you're being kind of disruptive. Would you mind, uh, would you mind stepping out? Thank you. Um, the, uh, uh, let's see here, other benefits. Um, every year we, uh, we do a big scholarship uh, for folks who are breaking into, uh, trying to break into the, the industry, especially folks from uh, marginalized backgrounds. Um, in, uh, in past years, we have um, delivered that scholarship. You know, we've raised money, uh, people submit applications, hey, Try and break in. I uh, have these obstacles. In past years, what we've done is we've used that money to get them to Metatopia, uh, which is a huge leg up, as all of you are surely aware. Uh, since the pandemic started, we're still, uh, you know, that hasn't been so much a thing. Uh, so instead, it's just been straight cash infusions, right? Like we pick 10 people, each of them gets 10% of the money we raise, like go with God and do what you will. Um, so that's been super cool. Um, Oh, uh, and we run the uh, Amy Groundbreaker Awards, um, which is a really cool awards thing um, that uh, that focuses on weird new indie stuff, often stuff that that is is uh, too weird or too niche for the Ennies, um, and uh, I think provides a really valuable public service. And again, this is all volunteer stuff. Um, so the the judges of the Indie Groundbreaker Awards are all. They're not necessarily members, but they're all just people who put up their hands and say, "Hello, yes, I would. I am willing to, to spend my time, um, you know, reading ten thousand products that were submitted to us." And, um, what uh, What other so benefits might be? To that end, I think you know, and that's that's part of the thing that's really nice is that like going into uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> there there's there are two primary benefits. I find there's like two primary elements to the IDG. Um, uh, as you know, somebody who's been in it for a while, uh, and there's sort of a um, like uh, like uh, a diversity element uh, that uh, is a major uh, uh, thrust of the organization, which is to sort of open up uh, gaming, specifically tabletop analog gaming, to uh, a more diverse crowd, and then you know, there's a lot of like. Uh, um, initiatives and things, you know, just the, the diversity scholarship, all of that kind of stuff that we're doing to like sort of make that happen. Um, and it's very conceptual. It's very much like, you know, like this is you know, how gaming should be. Uh, and then uh, there's that. And then there is the. Well, that's and then there is the, you know, much more, uh, and, and I, I, I tend to engage with it more, a much more just sort of uh, uh, tangible aspect of like this extant community that helps tiny companies get into places that tiny companies can get. Um, and after a while, you know, if you're publishing uh, a card game, a tabletop role playing game, a board game, it's a business. It's got to be a business. You got to start thinking about like, how am I going to get this in front of people? How am I going to produce this as a, you know, as a box set or as a book or whatever? And how do I get this in front of people? And being good at game design does not mean you're good at business. Um, totally different skill set. Completely different skill set. Uh, and people who are good at business 
um, stay the hell away from change design because there's no goddamn money here. So uh, oh, having people like who uh, you know are like used to it and have learned a bit uh, because you know we're all game designers is very very valuable. Again, we wouldn't exist without this. So just stuff like. Hey, post-GenCon, did everybody get their sales tax forms in? Yeah, like uh, that sort of thing. It's, it's really helpful and it allows you to focus a little bit more on the game design because you know you don't have to constantly be like keeping track of things that you your, your, your head isn't, isn't around. Um, so to that end, I think the most valuable part of that is just going into these conventions with the community mm -hmm. um, and yeah. having people that you can kind of sit down with. Like, you know, we went to Gen Con this year and it was just Megan and I. And typically we come in, it's, it's always helpful to have like a couple of people at your back and helping you out, you know, especially Gen Con. If, 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 if you're publishing, you're eventually going to make your way to Gen Con. It's like, you know, it's the Emerald City of gaming. You're going you're gonna to get there uh, if you drive. Uh, and, uh, you're gonna want some help, and yeah, we found that it's just huge. Like getting there, and then like you know having access to this 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 community that could like, oh, we saw your game was at this time, and here's you know, uh, you need some dice for this, or you know we can help you with this printing, and then you know the beauty of it is, and this is I think the most important thing is like after you're done with your demos at Metatopia, at Origins, at Gen Con, at whatever. Uh, Patsy, which we're going to be doing this year, you can be like, okay, we're at the IDGM booth. Go, you can go pick up the yeah. game that you just played, um, and that's what is going to take you from I'd like to publish a game someday to being a published game designer. And the IDGM is, is, at least as far as I can tell, the best possible way to that right now. Yeah, I also really love volunteering at the booth for conventions because, uh, like I said, it, getting to see the faces uh, behind the games that, that I've been selling for a while, like, oh, Shady Hunter, that's that. that was really cool looking. Um, and then, like, it really, it gives you more of an opportunity to meet people who may have done interesting stuff because it, it's a very broad range of different kinds of, like, solo games, card games, uh, like traditional bigger tabletop games, smaller tabletop games. Um, and, yeah, just just the the breadth of the experience and style alone is is really is is great to have. Also, um, uh, from what I was saying earlier about people running their games for you, at some of the bigger conventions, they have they'll just have an uh, IGDN game room and schedule people from the network to run their games there, and just having that as as a resource as well is one last thing I have played. And and often the IGDM game room will have like a, a volunteer up at the front, yes, collecting tickets, directing people to the right tables. Um, which like this has never been relevant for me, but it's amazing to know that I have the support. Where like if you have a problem player and it's like I need to get this this problem player is, is ruining the experience for other people, like. As the GM, that's not my problem anymore. I can just be like, yo, yo, Brennan, Brennan, can you come over here? <laughs> right. And like, that is now Brennan's problem, and I get to keep running my game. Mm -hmm. And like, that kind of support has, has uh, been incredible. Um, so, yeah, I, I, would, I would add on to that that uh, um, we run a pain in the ass game, uh, uh, Megan and I, uh, because uh, we're the people that are constantly bugging whatever convention, like, we're gonna need to play music and have a video and like, is you know our game uses audio and video and, and it's really nice to have the IDG in there to be like, oh yeah, we've already got the little area set up for you guys. It's all you know, you're good. And that's yeah. Uh, so even like weird requests, they can get, often they can have somebody in your back when you're doing that. Uh, one other benefit that we we touched on, and I'll go into a little more detail, is getting your games into distribution, right? Yeah. So uh, if if you don't know any anything about distribution, and I know like just enough to be dangerous, <laughs> not enough to like be whatever. Um, like if you want to to get your game into a game store, um, with a handful of exceptions, the game store won't like buy from you directly. It may be in your local community yeah. they might buy a couple of copies. But like, if you want to 
uh, if I wanted to sell shanty hunters in Reno, Nevada, right. like off the table, they buy from a distributor, mm-hmm. and the distributor buys from me. Well, like I, I don't know any distributors. Like I'm not part of the cool distributors club, but the IGDN has volunteers who know distributors, and the IGDN can help you. Um, connect with distributors uh, last month, uh, maybe two months ago. Um, we had a, a, a couple of volunteers bring a whole bunch of people's games uh, to the ACD distri- distribution company's game day, where ACD gets a chance to like check out all these different games that are being proposed to them and say to some of them, like, yeah, sure, we'll stock this one. We'll put this one in our catalog. You know, We'll put this in our warehouse and, and give game stores an opportunity to buy it. Yeah, we were at that. And so now literally, like the, this last month, I sent out a, like boxes to different uh, ACD uh, sections. And then I just had a friend of mine be like, oh, hey, look, your name has just showed up at my game store. Like, what? Sweet. Yeah. I know nobody there. Like, like even though I have a friend in that area, it's not... A, a place that I've ever been or have any personal contact with, but now our game is there, and that's rad. And so there's actually sort of a stage to it, like, uh, you know, uh, where you know, you're in the booth, but even once you sort of outgrow, like uh, White Egg Games, uh, who did uh, Never Going Home, or I think uh, a, a big IDGN success story. Yeah, where, and uh, yeah, and like they've sort of outgrown the IDGN booth, and they have their own booth at Gen Con. Have their own booth at Origins, but there's still like you know they're still helping the IBGN out. We still sort of are, are helping them. They're still part of the group, um, and like so, like once you graduate from you know the the booth level into this like next, you know, there's still people there that will be able to support you at that like next level of, of development and design. Uh, and I think that that's also a, and vice versa, a beautiful thing. Um, I mentioned at the beginning that the IGDN is described in a lot of different ways. Um, one of the ways I've heard it described is as an incubator, yeah. um, where like we're all incubating each other's in like a you know tech company startup incubator sort of thing. <laughs> the, 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 that aside, and then like sometimes people come out of the incubator um, in in ways that they would not have been able to probably uh, without mm. the, the assistance of the incubator in the first place. I also like to call it a bunch of companies in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah. Which feels more accurate sometimes. You get people um, coming up at the, at the, the yeah. convention booth being like, hey, so where can I find your online storefront? And you have to be like, hey, guess what? We don't have one. Yeah. I, like, we're not a company. Um, yeah, do we want to open up to questions? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, what's like the organizational structure? Is it like, IGDN is like the national, is there like sub-chapters? Is there no. Um, so our organization um, is, is digital. Uh, so like we have an annual meeting, but it's held on Discord. Um, we, uh, I'm not aware of any any personal meetups, in-person meetups that anybody's ever organized other than at other conventions. Than conventions. Other than yeah. at conventions. Yeah. There are occasional like smaller meetings, usually for people going to specific conventions, like there was one for Parsi the other day. Um, uh, there are officers um, uh, for the network. There's a secretary, there's a convention coordinator, um, there's a president. Those rotate frequently, and they are elected. Um, so they're always opening up to by to, the paying members or by by, by members. Um, yes, uh, and and people who are um, office uh, available or eligible—that's the word—for uh, for office are also paying members. So you're essentially rotating through the group of of people to to do those uh, official positions. Um, and they do amazing work. It's it's uh, it's pretty great. Um, but yeah, it's it's a loose-ish digital structure with, that is anchored by the the um, the officers. So uh, you mentioned ISBNs right at the top, mm-hmm. um, helping with getting that. Is that, I'm kind of interested in like the, um, as Sean mentioned, like the dollars and cents. So is that like something like 
you can just get one? Yeah. You can pay for one? Yeah, no. So getting an ISBN if you're in the United States uh, is a bear and a half. It is a, a governmental service that the government has auctioned off to the highest bidder. And so now there's a private company that does this government service and will charge you an arm and a leg. But the ISBN system is an international system. So like, yeah, we have members in Canada and they did like, there, there is a Canadian member who's just like the ISBN guy. And you're just like, hey man, like, can I get an ISBN? And he just pings the Canadian government, says like, you know, hey, here's the name of the product associated with this ISBN. The Canadian government says, okay, here's your ISBN. And he just sends it along to you. Is that James? Because that sounds like James. It used to be Jason Pitt. I don't remember if it still hmm. is. Thanks, God. I got enough yeah. of the great things to say. So, so is that the method that you can get it through IDN, or is it something like because that's Canadian? I'm not a Canadian. So. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Canadian. That's how we do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. It's beautiful. Nice. Um, yeah. So, what are I guess some of the other? Because like I was, you mentioned uh, volunteering uh, at booths, and uh, and I guess it's a free membership, but. To just have your product at a convention, like how does the money work yeah. in that case? Uh, it is, I will say it is not a free membership. You, oh, do, okay. you do have yearly dues, oh. um, but for conventions alone, again, the um, hotel rooms generally run uh, in the like $600 to, to more for a weekend. Uh, booths themselves, run like two to five thousand depending on the size um and to be clear these are expenses that you now do not have to pay Got yes it. uh well you, you will still need your hotel room but they can also help you get a hotel room like gen con specifically has an infamous lottery system for the hotel rooms oh, yeah, it's a magnificent. and the igdn dealt with that this year. I still had to pay for it myself, but I didn't have to deal with the lottery, and that was amazing. That was one less thing that I had to like hover over my computer and deal with. And so while it's not a, a specific money savings, it is a time and stress so savings. So in terms though. of uh, the, the dollars and cents of it, uh, it's 100 a year for membership. Um, if you have an item that is going to be at the booth. Uh, if that item is at the booth for Origins, Gen Con, and like one other, you're going to make back your your thing. I, 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 I'm not guaranteeing that, but it's it's a safe bet. Um, it's a statistical certainty, albeit yeah. not a legal guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, 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 there is there is no money that we as a company have spent, but I find gets uh, a better return on investment. Um, so uh, you, uh, it was like the first item is, at, at the booth is? No longer. Oh. Yes, they uh, yeah. changed the system for that. Um, uh, so so it, it used to be that you bought into the booth and you know you paid a certain amount of money to get your, your stuff in there. Uh, nowadays, we're, we're doing a totally different structure um, where it costs exactly zero dollars uh, to get your item in the booth. Um, and, and so the booth now is, is just, we bring as much as we can squeeze into the space, like it is packed. Um, and uh, the, the cost of the convention comes out of uh, the, the sales at the booth. And so kind of everybody undertakes the risk together. So for example, uh, two weekends ago, um, we were in, uh, in Madison for uh, Gamehole Con and we had a booth there. And it was fun and it's our first time selling at Gamehole Con and it was neat. Um, and um, so we made a bunch of money on sales and then we also had to pay money to like rent a truck to haul up the like a pickup truck to, to haul product up from our storage unit in Indianapolis. And all that money was paid for out of convention sales. And then the leftover money is distributed to the people who had books uh, and products in the booth according to you know their sales. So basically what it come, comes out to is at that convention, um, I um, made 44% of all my sales, and everybody made 44% of all their sales, which comes out to about wholesale. 
Um, so that does mean that, that in case of, of a, a, a really unsuccessful convention, um, maybe it is possible that you might not get back enough money to cover reprinting the books that you just sold. That is really unusual. Um, what happens much more often is you get back a much larger fraction than that. And um, let me tell you, the bookkeeping on that is a lot easier. Especially as conventions have continued to rebound. Um, uh, since since 2020, uh, it it continues to the percentage has continued to increase since uh, since then. So that's great. Um, the the thing that you mentioned there is there is a storage unit uh, where you, you know they can't warehouse like thousands of copies of your your book, but you can send them copies of your your uh, your work and they will warehouse it and then bring it to the conventions that they go to. I believe that the current convention coordinator told me that it, it, for, like basically starting now if anyone sends in more than 50 copies of their product like he's turning around and sending back anything more than than 50 uh, because there's no point in paying to to warehouse yes. uh, additional copies but like you don't need to warehouse more than 50 copies anyway at, yeah. at all level. I've been in the game long enough that I remember like having to do my entire printing up front and having to do warehousing for like you know like a thousand copies uh, because you know that was all you were ever going to get uh, and uh, so like with print on demand uh, if you find yourself in a position where you're printing more than 50 copies uh, you want to have a very good reason um, and if you're printing more than 50 copies because you've got more than you know, you've got enough people that you know you're going to be able to sell more than 50 copies at any given time. And you're great. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, again, it's it's a really uh, it's a sound uh, uh, investment. In terms yeah. Of, also, you can write off your taxes. Yes. Um, uh, any other questions? Uh, should we talk about membership uh, application process? Yes, that oh, would yes. be good. That would be good. Um, so. Uh, I believe the website is IGTNonline.com, all one word, um, or just Google Indie Game Developer Network. Uh, if the site comes up and it's got a lot of yellow on it, uh, like, great, you're in the right place. <laughs> um, and uh, the way uh, applications for membership work is uh, you reach out to the membership coordinator, whose contact information is right there on IGTNonline.com, say, hey, uh, you know, I would like to be a member, and the membership coordinator will send you a questionnaire. Fill out the questionnaire. Uh, take some time on it, like take take yes. the time to to fill it out completely and accurately, uh, because the entire current membership of the IGDN will then have the opportunity to review your answers. Um, and if your answers look cool and not objectionable, then um, then then you're in, uh, and you know, awesome, and then. Uh, like we mentioned, it's it, membership is $100 a year for your first year, uh, since it's unlikely that you'll be accepted on January 1st. Mm -hmm. For your first year, that $100 is prorated, so you only pay for what you use. Um, and uh, yeah, the membership application process used to be more complicated. It's very straightforward these days. Mm -hmm. And uh, thumbs up. Yeah, they sort of use the questionnaire to make sure that nobody's going to like, you know, make us all join a cult or something. That's what's kind of fun. Okay. <laughs> So John that, made up a, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. The one question I have is when the pro, is that for individual or is that for a company itself? Uh, it's by individual. Okay. Uh, I believe there is a discount for multiple people from the same company. Okay. I think that's what we have. Yeah. Is since we are since we are both uh, uh, company members that that um, okay. we have a discount. Raising. <laughs> What's well, going on? Reasons to join. Um, anyway. Get out of you get a, uh, a discount. Potential. Emergency. I am. Uh, I'll be looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> you're there. Um, any other questions? Or any more? Anything more about the membership? That's that's really pretty much it. Like they're uh, the the membership coordinator is a super sweetheart. Sure. Um, um, you said like most of the events. Uh, most of the North American Yes. yes. Um, I am not aware that we have any events uh, outside the borders of the, the continental United States. Uh, we do have some members outside the borders of the continental United States. 
Um, and if I'm being totally honest, they sometimes get forgotten about, which is not great. Um, but like, it's really expensive to ship something from the Philippines uh, mm -hmm. to a storage unit in Indianapolis. Um, and if we only have one member from the Philippines, it's really hard to, you know, organize an event that, that will benefit that member. Um, um, yeah, and I mean, you know, like, for the most part, like, the, the, the non-American stuff tends to be, like, uh, Canadian. Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of Canadians, but uh, a couple of folks from Mexico, uh, and th those guys really do seem to get a lot, a lot out of membership. So that's really telling. Yeah. Um, yeah, and as an individual, like I, you know, I'm, I'm, and I think we've been speaking a lot to like the, the you know, individual companies, uh, you know, that, that benefit from the companies. But uh, I, I guess something that I hadn't thought of because I'm not doing as much freelance anymore is that like there is also a benefit to freelancing. Um, if you are a freelancer or like a freelance writer or illustrator or layout artist or editor or editor, uh, it is still beneficial to be in the IBGN because it puts you into that community and they have on that Discord, you know, people looking are like, for we're looking for writers, we're looking for artists, we're looking for layout people. Yeah. And you could be like, Hey, I'll do it and you know, that's it's it's a very valuable thing that, that uh, in, these are not, by the way, mutually exclusive. You don't have to be in there. Like you can say, like I'm here as a member of ABC Games, but I'm also a freelance writer. So if uh, you know, I have like a couple of weeks free in the month of August to write your uh, your chapter on um, Alien Clowns, then hey, you know, great. Well, that's that's still a benefit. Uh, and uh, those same channels are also useful for recommendations. Yes. Uh, so, for example, you'll you'll often see people say, you know, hey, I've got this product that I'm working on. It's at a stage where it needs illustration, and the specific style of illustration that's going to work really well with the words that I have is this specific thing. Anybody know anybody? And very often, people will chime in and be like, oh, well, I worked with Melissa Gay on a similar project, and mm -hmm. she did really fabulous work. Here's her contact information. See if she's got availability in her schedule. Um, so the recommendations fall into the exact same category of, of sharing sharing information, sharing knowledge that, you know, speaking personally, I would simply not have access to except uh, that I'm a member of the IGBN. Yeah. Any other questions? Comments? Constructive compliments? <laughs> No, no criticism. We get enough of that in the yeah. playtest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just a, it's a groovy group of people. It's it's been really nice too because we we joined um, uh, like a, before pre-pandemic, but with conventions coming, I get I've gotten to meet more and more of the IGN at at various places and it's it's been really nice. It's been it, it it's been a pleasure to expand my my circle of people that I, I know in this business. Um and like it can feel it can feel a little lonely doing doing this this gaming thing because a lot of people have no idea what the fuck you're doing um and uh a lot of times it's in as it, it can be in addition to whatever whatever your your day job is so like having a group of people who know <laughs> it's uh it's really nice to to have and we also know how to do that juggling the, the indie gaming and day job element mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's, totally. You know, you, you talk to people like when you get to Gen Con and you talk to somebody from like you know Hasbro. And they're like, wow, this is just all I do. So, well, I can't relate to that either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's yeah, it's really nice to have somebody that can be like, all right, uh, well, <clears throat> this is my time to hang out with my kids, and this is my time to work on my day job, and this is my time. and I'd like kind of give you assistance in that regard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, speaking for myself, by the way, to uh, the people that are 
here. Um, the fact that I'm here at 1030 is the most ringing endorsement that I could possibly give to the IBGN. <laughs> this is very true. Um, so the uh, amount of Red Bull that I had to put in this man to get him here is like, yeah, approximately like one gas tank. Uh, yeah, I'm, this is not my hour, uh, and I normally would not do this. There was a panel that they asked me to do yesterday, and they put me on the and I'm like, yeah, it's not happening. Uh, but this one, it was like this. Wasn't even conscious. You were literally weren't conscious. <laughs> yeah. In, in this case, it was something where we had, you know, I was on the Discord and I was like, are, are we doing like a, a panel about, you know, the IDGN? And Chris was like, yeah, we should probably do that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we'll throw it together. I put it on the thing, and it was like, oh, it's it's, uh, it's Saturday morning. Oh, uh, okay, I'll I'll do that. I, I yeah, I'll be here because. Because it matters. Yeah, yeah. It's, it does. It's it's a huge, huge help. It's it, y'all should seriously consider joining. Yeah. yeah and, and any of us would be happy to help you with whatever questions you're gonna. Totally. Yeah, yeah. we're like literally kitty corner running playtests. So does it actually have to be a finished product? Or no. Can, no. no. Okay. No, no. Walk right through the whole process. Okay. Yeah. Um, we uh, we actually um, since Gen Con this year. So our our big like sign up season is immediately following Gen Con because Gen Con's yeah. a huge convention. We have the really big booth. People are constantly walking up and being like, "Oh my God!" Like, how do I join? And we tell them. We tell and, them. And then in the weeks following Gen Con, we do the mini version of the spiel. Yes. <laughs> over and over again. Um, um, I, I mentioned that the, the membership gets to review, has the opportunity to review all the applications. So in the weeks following Gen Con, like your mailbox just fills up with, with applications. And um, um, and so since then, we've had a, a big influx of new members, very many of whom are are in the process of working on their first product. And so, um, you know, that, that kind of changes the, 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 the sorts of questions that are being asked on the Discord, uh, which are, are much have have shifted towards towards kind of more more elementary questions because these are people working on their first things and so you know it's honestly it's kind of been a, a breath of fresh air um, because it's um, you know since the pandemic started it's been kind of the 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 same people who are you know advancing their their you know game design careers um, and now it's it's a little bit more back to basics in the Discord right now and so yeah you do not. Do not have to have a finished product. Like you will, you would benefit from being in the Discord and participating in the conversation and seeing the questions that are being asked and searching back through uh, former conversation. And, uh, Actually, I, I gotta make sure I'm gonna turn the question outward. How many people here do have a finished product that is ready to go? Nice. Okay. We have one that we're trying to launch on Kickstarter next year, so that's why I asked that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's one of the things. So, like, yeah. So, I, I don't want to tell anybody here something that they probably already know, but just in case, because I don't know everybody. Um, if you are not Hasbro, and in some cases, if you are Hasbro, uh, you're going to be launching through either Kickstarter or Backerkit or one of those. It's just the nature of the beast. Do not use GameFound. Just FYI. Uh, and why is that? Uh, everybody, that one for free. Uh, everybody, we've had several members who have gone through GameFound for crowdfunding, and every single one of them has had a very bad experience. Okay. Good to know. Uh, we do have a, a, a good relationship with Kickstarter, uh, mm -hmm. by the way. Uh, yeah, so we have contact actually, people that we can put you in touch with at Kickstarter uh, or back uh, or back or both. Uh, for the IDGN blog, once a uh, once a month uh, that I do with Kickstarter, like I talk to the, the game uh, design head at Kickstarter that you know, we like to talk about like what is going on with crowdfunding this month because crowdfunding is just such an important part of indie games at this point. It's, it's such a critical element of it. Yeah. Um, and that's something else that the IDGM can help you with is getting your your uh, your campaign together because that's such an important thing. And also like knowing when other people are launching their campaigns. Yes. You can kind of, it helps to sort your timing out timing a little is, bit. So you're not competing. To, yeah, so you're not competing with. So with, a little bit of backstory of our, we originally was supposed to launch this in 2020. We Obviously, 2020. Yep, things happened there. So um, I feel your pain. We're we purposely are picking 2024 because if you're following what I'm basically saying, it is a 
political game, so we wanted to. Very cool. Yeah. So that's why we like. So we're in the process of doing that, and it's just. Mm, it's work. A woman. Yeah. A little bit scary. So. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. Both, both of those things. <laughs> yeah. This is we're, we're planning one for this year, which is what our like four. Yeah, four. Um, and Still we've, scary. we've we've and we've succeeded, and we've almost like we've we've succeeded by a hair, and then we failed, and every time it's still like it's a lot. <laughs> so is there anything like you say like Kickstarter versus Backerlet that you would suggest one over the other? Uh, so you're in a really interesting position if this is your first Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, most of us are locked into Kickstarter at this okay. point, right? Like I've run five successful Kickstarters. Yeah. yeah. And every time I launch a new Kickstarter, all of my existing, uh, all the people who've backed me in the past get an email notification. Yeah. And that's, that's hugely beneficial to me, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, particularly, yeah. Big deal. Uh, since, since I did a bad job capturing people and putting them on my like mailing list. Don't repeat ah, my mistake. Really? Yeah. yeah. I just, earlier this year, I was like, oh my god, what did I do? Like, I had some realization. Yeah. Um, so, so effectively, I'm locked into Kickstarter, right? Like, Backerkit or, or Crowdfunder or one of these other services would have to offer an incredible value for me to, or, or Kickstarter would have to do something monstrously unethical um, to, to get me to step away from the platform. You don't have that problem because you're not locked in. No. Uh, so I can't necessarily offer you advice on like, you know, hey, this is the, the one. Mm -hmm. But what I can say is once you select your first, it's, every single one you do, it's going to be harder and harder to walk away. Yeah. So do your due diligence, do your yeah, homework, definitely. make sure that you're picking the platform that's right for you, which may wind up being Kickstarter because Kickstarter remains the biggest gorilla in the room. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Yeah, I, I, I would piggyback on that and say, um, if you can get to Gen Con, they're there, uh, both Backerkit and Kickstarter, and they're going to wind you and dine you and like offer you different things. Um, I will say, do not Kickstart in August. Don't Kickstart during Gen Con. I mean, that's no, we were um, planning to. Um, I think the launch date we want to do is November of 2024. So that that'll give you that'll definitely give you time to do your due diligence yeah. and yeah. get put stuff together. But say, like, but if you can get to Gen Con, and if you're if you are in that region, it's valuable because you will be able to go there and you can actually talk to people from both companies and yeah. say like, how can we work with me to make this happen? Um, they're, they're usually at Origins as well. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Sean earlier mentioned a, a benefit of membership that had totally slipped my mind, which is the blog. The IGDN runs uh, a blog um, which on which members have the option or opportunity to, to publish blog posts if they want. Um, the reason why that is, that is uh, a benefit of membership is, um, so I, I run a blog, I've been running it for six years, and it's a huge amount of work. Um, but blog posts are useful because you can like point your your followers, you can point your fans to it and look like, look, even though I haven't put out a game in two years, like here's something I wrote, like please keep me in your mind. Mm. Um, and the ability to like just put something out on the IGDN blog and then point your fans and followers towards it, like that is value. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in, in, uh, it's it's nice that I you know occasionally get to talk to people. You know, so, uh, uh, Nicole Mono from uh, Kickstarter uh, and say like, you know, and, and they're currently busy with other stuff. So I've been like kind of handling the, the crowdfunding cor corner. Um, uh, 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 the articles, uh, but like, you know, it's something where again, like if, if you have this thing, I could, you know, and you weren't in the group, I could say like, well, Nicole's here. You can talk to Nicole and, you know, they can tell you like, here's what you can offer from Kickstarter for your, your game. I will say, just whether or not you do decide to join the IDN, even though I think you should. Uh, Definitely, it, probably going to. It, reaching out to the companies directly mm -hmm. is also still like, it, where where their bread and butter. Um, and I'm going to have to follow him in a second because I have a playtest of 11. So, Good luck. Uh, woo! It's my high test. So. Kickstarter <laughs> is, or at least was, based out of I think they changed this, but they, they were based out of Brooklyn. Yeah. So one of the best things that I did was just 
went there and ran the game. <laughs> that was huge. That was a big deal for us. Are they still based out of Brooklyn? Um, huh? Are they still based out of Brooklyn? I, I, I talked to people about it. I think there. I think there's still an office in Brooklyn, but I think they're they're remote now. So I don't know if they do. But they used to do this thing where they would like just do like a game night in Brooklyn, and they would kind of just bring them stuff, and they'd be like, "This is awesome. We're going to talk it up." And like, if they do that again, I'll find out and let people know. I'll also, put it on the Discord for the IDGN. That's a valuable thing that we can do. Yeah. So it uh, looks like uh, we're. Thank you so much. Yeah. Wrapping so up, nice. right? Yeah, you have nine minutes. Everybody, you have another nine minutes. If, uh, if you does anybody have nine minutes worth of questions? I'm, I'm I, I have one more question, question but you guys run yeah, events. Like, yeah. you guys actually, like, you know how, like, Unpaul Burton's, like, you guys actually run, like, where playtest events and, like, that stuff? No. Not so much. That is something that, that certainly could happen. Um, because we're entirely volunteer-run, uh, the way I tend to, to, to respond to, you know, good ideas is um, if, if you want it to happen, do it, right? Like, um, the, 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 the stuff that, that the IGDN does exists because there's at least one person who's passionate enough about it to make it happen. And so if you were to be the person who is passionate enough about um, about playtesting to organize an IGDN playtest event, then that's how an IGDN playtest event would, would begin. And that would make you very popular. Yes. Boy, <laughs> you want to talk about a way to make a lot of friends real fast. Uh, yes. Uh, probably, <laughs> I think I have way too many friends now. <laughs> Ooh, he's got too many friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's a slight that's joke. I'm like that omnivert. I'm like the extrovert introvert. Basically, I can talk to people, but sometimes I'll end up in a room full of people I don't know. I'm like, shut down. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Was... Join the IGDN. Yeah, it's worth it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for showing up. Yeah. Thanks for being here again in the morning. Yeah. Saturday. So early. Yeah. I hear you. I'm the next panel. I'm the next panel. What are you guys doing? What's the next one? Oh, nice. I uh, I attended one of your your art panels at a previous event. It was super useful. Thank you. By the way, since I don't think you'd actually like bumped into each other in person before. Hopefully, uh, to see you around the con. Yeah, we're in the uh, room over here. Okay. Um, like, if we're there for the rest of the weekend, they, they just have this one room with like all the bucket desks. Yeah, that's going to be one spot here. So, there were so many people dressed as that, and they were rolling up everything in the on the program. That's amazing. Do you have a